jobs and no mysterious threats to get in our way. No mysterious threats. Hello and good evening for this uh, Thursday, September 21st, 2023. The fourth episode of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4 has been released, titled Something Borrowed, Something Green. But we're just getting started here on Live Long In Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave Mater, and uh, I got you know a great crew here once again to break down this episode, talk about it, and uh, and, and share our thoughts. Uh, we got my cousin Davin Skellhorn with us tonight. How are you doing tonight, Davin? Uh, 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 well, cousin Dave, uh, uh, I am just a humble crumb upon the biscuit of your show, sir. Well, I say, I say. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, and of course, the world mind himself, Chris Murphy, all the way from Toronto. Well, you know, I'm just trying to get Orionated over here, you know, get my seat in the proper position. So yes, well, that's, that's good. Uh, watch out if you're a bonsai tree here, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about this, guys. Um, this is, uh, we're, well, not quite halfway, but we're getting to the halfway point of the season already, if you can believe it. Um, didn't help that two episodes came out week one. Um, but this was a... Um, a Orion-themed episode, and more specifically, a Tendi-themed episode with a B-plot that focused on Rutherford and uh, Boimler that... Yeah, Brotherford, as they will like to be called. Um, Let's go to you first, Davin. I think I'm getting a bit echo uh, of myself. Who is that? I don't know. Hello? I'm turning on you guys' echo cancellations. There we go. All right. Da da da. Interesting. All right. Um, let's go to you first, Davin. Well, you know, cousin Dave, uh, uh, I say it warmed my heart like the July sun warms the top water of the Mississippi River. I'm Samuel Clemens. You know, uh, grits, 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 grits. Uh, there were some fun bits in this uh, episode with that. Um, you know, I, you know, it reminded me of one time I was in St. Louis. I said, Louis, why are we in Minneapolis? <laughs> What's that from? I know that. That's a quote. <clears throat> Is that Foghorn Lakehorn? Night shift. The night shift, guys. Hey. Mary. No, but seriously, I loved it. I, one, I think that the, one of the great gifts Lower Decks gives us is we get to visit planets that we never get to see otherwise, like Pac-Lid Planet into Orion. Orion. We've never been there in all of Star Trek, you know? The crazy, the crazy bird planet. The crazy bird um, planet we didn't even know about, but, you know, Orion uh, and the Orion people are uh, are well known in Star Trek, although we don't know much about their culture, really, other than, you know, what a little bit we learned in Enterprise. Um, and, they don't uh, like to, to well, Tendi doesn't alien. like to talk about it. What, what better way to find out an alien culture than to experience a, the culture's wedding? I mean, well, that's true. That's a good way. To, that's a good introduction into a culture is a wedding. Um, here, let's let's go through the screenshots, guys, and just remind ourselves what happened beat by beat in this episode, and see if it uh, changes our uh, recollection of it. Um, so we start off uh, kind of like we did in, uh, well, I guess it was the beginning of episode two where we had the Romulans kind of similar to how we had the Klingons at the end of episode one. It's pretty much the same beats. We meet the Orion um, lower deckers who are boasting about Orion things. Like, look at this big chain I can put on. And I could, you can't ch- ch- uh, tattoo a chain onto your leg. Yeah, he wants like the big tattoo chain on his leg. 
It's like you can't do that. You have to earn that. You got to earn that. And they're exchanging. They're you know. Uh, there's always one lower decker that the other lower deckers make fun of and say that they're not up to whatever. You know, you're not Romulan enough. You're not Klingon enough. You're not Orion enough. Whatever. <laughs> so this guy uh, was super Orion though. He's like I even steal like <laughs> names and. In image. Just like, why don't you get an original idea instead of stealing one? It's like, I'm a pirate, I steal yeah, things. Exactly. Like, more like an Orion plagiarist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on his side. It's stealing. He's being a really good Orion. Yeah, he's going for it. Uh, they All like right. to steal the Orions and pillage. And I love the whole bit about, and did you see what's her name? She had the metal sticking out of her head and she had it all shaved. It was amazing. I'm thinking about doing that myself. Um <laughs> Just some good stuff. Like I, you know, I think we're. I wonder if we'll get another version of this. Maybe the Ferengi version of this, or something else. Um, I think every episode this season, until we realize that it's Peanut Hamper and Agamus, they're gonna kill a different like race and their ship. Right. I'm still trying to figure out yeah. what the long game is here. But... I don't know why you think it's gonna be Peanut Hamper and Agamus. I think that's a Dave. It's Peanut point. Hamper and Agamus, right? I'll tell you why I think that. Uh, yeah, it's be- totally peanut hamper. Because it was set up in last season that this would be, they would their team up would be the exactly. feature. So unless I mean, it's it was set something... up, but like I don't see them getting out of that at any point soon. I feel like that's something for a later season. This is a perfectly good opportunity to introduce a new threat and a new species. Why wouldn't they take that chance? This isn't uh, the years of um, seven season guarantees like no one thinks they're going to get the next season anymore like they don't wait for the payoff two seasons you know yeah like i'm relatively confident i'm correct but you know there's a chance i'm not Um, i second your notion (laughs) yeah like it just seems to where's the clip when i need it um and it's definitely both of them it's not just one of them it's definitely peanut hamper and agony yeah i just don't know what their long game here is why why are they trying to frame starfleet or because i because i think they're trying to take down starfleet and the you know the federation and stuff like that they're, they're becoming they might have to move up our villains list with all this crazy murder we yeah. might have to like knock them up a tier here a little bit Who the hell are you? I am Agamus, and I think you and I could do awful things together. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it! Stop laughing! I'm not saying that they're not going to have a collaboration of sorts, but I don't feel like this is it. I feel like this is a false flag and it's something different. Well, feelings are... Admiral Buen Amigo again? Yeah, Buen Amigo. So they say, we're just going to try to steal from this thing. Now, we know it's the the big bad of the season, whatever it ends up being. Um, But uh, the Orions are going, and then it turns around and decides to fire at them. And much like the Romulans and Klingons before them, their systems are disabled. They have no shields. They're hacked. They can't override it. And they get um thoroughly smoked out of existence here that's Um, another reason it's peanut hamper and agamus like that's like artificial intelligence at work there you know hacking their systems shutting everything down yeah like it seems like it would be in their wheelhouse to do um and and maybe they got a few more of those evil computers that were also in that prison uh on the team we'll see so yeah (laughs) wouldn't that be something they have a whole crew of all these evil like things that will be yeah they got got like they got land room room. yeah exactly (laughs) It's like Andrew's the, uh, like 
<laughs> like a like a loser on the ship though. Like they they're kind of thinking about getting rid of Landru. They're like, I don't know if we should keep I around just... this Landru. Okay, here's why I don't want it to be Peanut Hamper and Agamus okay. is because it would be yet another uh, season finale of a Star Trek episode that ends with an automatic computer system trying to kill everything that we've seen in Prodigy, that we've seen in Discovery, that we've seen in like. But these two have know, great personality. It's not like just a episodes a of Lower Decks. I mean, yeah, they have great personalities, but it's the same premise over and over and over again. Yeah. Give yeah. me something fresh. You have a universe to work with. Norm- Norman in the comments is putting out there that, you know, Pina Hamper is known to be quite uh, chatty. You know, it's not her style Ooh. to be quiet and deceptive here. And, I, you know, that's that's true. But I, I think that they're, they're they have a big plot here, you know, to same uh, with Agamus, really. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're like they, he, he likes to monologue, too. Um, yeah. So I think it will play out. I think that just in terms of like looking at the, the seasons, like how peanut hampers introduced at the end of season one. And then in season two or near the end of season two, she has the almost the perfect redemption or whatever. And then, you know, Agamus, I just think it's, that's where it's going. And I'm not, I'm not upset with that by any means. Um, if that's what it ends up being, but uh, mysterious threats, no mysterious threats. Well, this is the mysterious threat that is yet to be undefined. And I'm not saying I, I necessarily want it to be Agamus and peanut hamper. I'm just think that's what it is. Um, so I want but, it to be Agamus and Peanut Hamper. <laughs> it's the most logical thing to do, but you know, but uh, if it's a new thing they came up with out of nowhere, then we'll see. You know, it it's feature. It's feature. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's get. So that 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 teaser. You know. Um. Is is you know we kind of knew about that. So that's just kind of reminding us that that's coming in later in the season. So then we get to okay, the title my, card. My- Prediction wasn't quite right. I thought I said it was going to be Tendi who got married. It was not. It was not. It was not. It was not. So the episode. Uh, yes. So the episode's called Something Borrowed, Something Green. Uh, as we get the title card here, uh, it starts off with, uh, you know, it's Tendi and Mariner and uh, Talin in, I can't remember what this room is called, but this is where they always work. This is kind of like their. Uh, this cargo bay, I guess. And so they're they're done their work, actually. When you're a lieutenant junior grade, you can actually finish your work, we're told. <laughs> um, then Captain Freeman shows up and says, oh, uh, Lieutenant Tendy, you've been summoned to Orion for a family function. And because the Federation has so few, or Starfleet has so few um, Orions in service, you know, we, we jump at any chance to, like, you know, extend uh, diplomatic overtures to Orion. So we'd really like you to go. Yeah, you know, immediately you're on vacation. Yeah, we get a little glimpse of here what Orion alphabet looks like uh, in writing. So that's now uh, in the canon. Um, so take 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 notice. And uh, what nice. else? Nice. Yeah, we can see here Tendi's not too eager, as we know. She doesn't, you know, she has some reservations about her Orion culture and uh, the the baggage that maybe comes with that. Um, and so you know, she's she's not so. This is where the Mariner's like, I got to get out of here. Like, I can't, like, ever since Boimler and Rutherford started living together, <laughs> they keep finishing each other's sentences. And she's just like, yes, their emotional connection is, like, Annoying. Yeah, annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. No. Um. Th- that was good too. I. That was a good. That was a good little bit. Um. I. We had uh Grace Parajani write this episode, who wrote um, "Here All Trust Nothing" last season. Um, if you remember that one, which was a attendee and Mariner focused story once again, uh, Davin, you gave that, 
you gave that episode yeah. an 11. So um, that was the one that was the mistress of the winter constellations. episode. Right. That was another it was that was another Orion focused, Tendi focused episode. And yet again, I we, stand by that. That was a great episode. They seem to be giving that to Grace Parajani uh, and Bob Suarez is the director of this episode as well. Um, so anyway, so uh, Mariner wants to go and she wants to make a girl's trip, kind of similar to what we had in that previous season with the Here All Trust Nothing uh, things. And so they're all going to go. The three of them, the three uh, women lower deck. Trip. Girls trip. Triple girls uh, trip. And then uh, then we get our setup with our B-plot, which is the Boimler and Rutherford, the Brotherford of it all. They're finishing yeah. each other's <laughs> They're wicked in, in the guns. With their Andorian know? silk sheets. Is that what they were? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, my brain was going to Boimerford. Yours was so much better. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, why you're the captain. No, there's some good stuff here with um, with these two. You know, they're they're having the best time. They're headed to the holodeck. Uh, but then they go to spray this bonsai tree and they both try to grab the bottle <laughs> at the same time. And then it starts this, this conflict uh, between them. Um, and so they start fighting over the bottle, the spray bottle and going back and forth. And we'll come back to them. OK, so that's the beginning of the conflict with with uh, Rutherford and Boimler. We normally get along. So we actually get to see Orion. Uh, so that's the next scene here. We get the uh, from space look. Uh, it's green. I guess we could have called that one. Um, and uh, we get to see even the surface of it quite a bit in this episode. Um, it's like a beautiful agrarian world. Like. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it looks nice. It looks no like way a nice you'd plan. expect. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, rhinoceros, like I don't know. Equestrians. <laughs> yeah, they got like rhinos as mounted animals. Um, we get to see um, Tendi's home, family home, which is like this big estate. Um, well, Big, you say they're barely the fifth richest pirate family on Orion. Right, yeah, they're, they're they're members of the syndicate. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's she, like this, her mother's like the warrior queen, queen? or something, right? And then the the dad's just name's Bert or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a matriarchal society where the women are yeah. dominant. So, um. So yes. <laughs> Uh, and we see here that uh, when they land, these uh, these pirate-looking guys come down, and Mariner's all ready to fight. But then we're finding out these are just like the honor guard to welcome home Devon Attendee to the home, uh, and then carry them, you know, around, uh, establishing that Tendi comes from a powerful and rich family, even amongst the Orions. Um, the Orions have beards. It's fun. Um, call back to where Keiko was expecting her bonsai tree to be handled and Miles was negligent. Ah, that's what the callback <laughs> is. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what the bonsai tree thing was, but yeah, it's a good callback. Um, he got her okay. a different one and was hoping she wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we see here that, you know, we meet the mom who's like the queen of like the whatever, like this group faction or family or whatever, and her husband, Bert, which is Tendi's dad. Um, you know, there's an embrace here, and she introduces her parents. They're, they're fun, um, and they're they're like Orion's don't lie. Yes, we're yes, we lie all the time. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> I've been holding this in. Your sister's been kidnapped. Your sister's been kidnapped. Apparently, that's just something that happens. It's very gaudy on Orion. You get you you kidnap the the bride, and then you ask for a ransom, and their demands are like, no, that ha the mom's like, no, that happens. Um, between engagement and the shower or something like that, you know, you don't do this now. <laughs> so it's out of the norm. All of 
to Lynn's comments about Orion society during this episode or like everything Tillin ever says is gold. Oh yeah. I love yeah. to, yeah. And Tillin is along mostly to um, observe the Orions because of like much like the uh, us as the Star Trek audience, Starfleet doesn't get to d- document this very much scientifically because Orion, you know, Orions are kind of, you know, keep to themselves. It seems like uh, don't associate much with the Federation species, at least. So did um, you get any sweet Tillin sound clips? Only the, like the little bit at the end, but no, I oh, yeah, right. I didn't I didn't pull a ton of sound clips for this one. Sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, no I, yeah, like I was I wish I I wish I had gone back and got more of like that Rutherford. There was a lot of good where... quotable moments in this episode. There was yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mostly just tried to get all the screenshots done. But yeah, so anyway, so so Devana decides okay, I'm going to go off and try to find my sister because this is what my parents are doing. But you know, she's not taking it too seriously. Then we cut back to the Cerritos and catch up with Boimler and Rutherford who are fighting over the bonsai, you know, spray bottle uh, and whatever. And they're they're now knocking along. There's trouble in paradise here. So they head to the holodeck to try to blow off some steam on a steamboat, uh, you know, quite fittingly. <laughs> um, on the AB Chambers, is that what that says? I don't know. Anyway, so it's like this I old say thing. I served on a steam engine long time before I was a writer. Yeah, because he's playing uh, Samuel Clemens or Heat Mark wave. Twain. Yeah, Courier <laughs> Post Heat Wave in Missouri. I like how it says Missouri. In <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and they're both dressed like Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens or whatever you want to call them. twin uh, twins, twin twins. And they're, they're still <laughs> arguing about that spray bottle initially, but as they're kind of, well, we'll come back to them. So, so their the conflict is continuing here on the holodeck cut away, go back to Orion and we're heading to the nightclub scene here with, uh, Tendi and, uh, and, and Talyn and Mariner who have dressed into, kind of a nighttime affair like you know they got the the midriffs they got the, the highly inefficient showing. highly inefficient even to lynn comments on why do we have to dress like this and you know i think mariner's <laughs> like ah just embrace it you know we're just embracing the culture we go just go for it you know <laughs> mariner like shames tendy for not bringing her to this place sooner She's like, why did you bring me here <clears throat> because yeah mariner likes a wild time so this mm. is kind of more in her personality than it is tendy's even though this is tendy's planet and culture um so they have to get into the nightclub and they're like well how are we gonna get in she they're like get in line and then she's like no it's me the mistress of the winter constellation and then they all like buckle and they said oh my god don't flay me Please don't flay me. You know, he's like, oh, oh, I won't. I won't flay you. She's like, I totally never flay. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to tell my grandkids about this. You know, that was funny. Um, How many people has she flayed in her past? I don't know. She's done some flaying. She's done some flaying before she joined up with Starfleet. Um, Yeah. yeah, So we get into this Orion nightclub and we can see all the other Orions are noticing Tendi coming in you know she's quite the celebrity on her planet stricken if oh, you this will is, this is like the best to in line this is where she says she does command quite the presence for someone so excitable <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was her line that was funny and then they start pouring shots for them at the bar um, the house. and then this, this is, is for you this is the first time that mariner will get stabbed it will be will happen three more times or two more times i guess four yeah. Four in total? Wow. It happens yeah. four times in total. Yeah. I thought it'd be just the rules of three with, with this kind of gag. So she gets... We see it three. I'll, I'll show you when it's in the fourth one later. Okay. 
Yeah, so she just pulls it. We see that in the trailer. She just pulls it out and throws it in the jar. And then we meet this other character whose name I did not catch, but she's kind of like a rival to Tendi in the nightclub. Uh, it seems like they have a history of um, whatever. And she's trying to get some information, but she's like, well, I'll only tell you information if you play this crazy Orion drinking game with me. I love this game. <laughs> yeah. Girls so the game is game. you put your hand down on the panel and you have a shot there and you you have to take a shot while you have this big, like, I don't know. Death what bug, it, they call it. Death bug, like a scarab or whatever the heck it's supposed to the be. The death but, bug drinking game. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look too friendly. So it just kind of goes back and forth on the on, on the table. Yeah, you can see there. It's, <laughs> it looks like a Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park. It does, mm. yeah. Yeah, except smaller and more bug-like. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so then if you if you hit the button in time, then your hand will be protected uh from the bug trying well, to bite I think, it i think the way it works is like you have to have your hand in an open space you drink the shot and then you have to and put the shot put the glass down. down on yeah on the button and that's upside what brings the shield and then yeah, it goes and then like, it goes back to try to bite the other person and they have to take a shot <laughs> and do it at the same time so the this bug's goes, just getting more and more frustrated it's pretty hilarious yeah, they go back and forth on this a few times, uh, trying, you know, trying to best each other, and then and they just get it every time, like by milliseconds, like, right? And, and they're not shook at all. It's no, they're like, hilarious. whatever. This is a re- this is a regular thing. Uh, so it's about to get the rivals here, and uh, just when it's about to bite her, uh, uh, Tendy intervenes and puts a glass over the bug, and uh, you know, saves her. Uh, to, and I get, I guess you get some information about where to go next, which I guess is that that sex den that the, we'll we'll catch up with them in the next scene. So um, <laughs> back to the riverboat. Uh, this is just kind of you know uh, going with the fact that you know um, Boimler and Rutherford uh, starting to put their differences aside here as they're talking more and more like Southern gentlemen. Like, I say, I say, like foghorn leghorn or something like that and the more that they talk in these voice to each other the more they start to agree with each other and they find that this is a way to solve all their differences is just to be the same character in the holodeck and then think i guess you know you're, once you're that character you start thinking like that character and then it's more agreeable so they're they're all they're all quite happy with this result but then they get called to the bridge uh right after this so we head up to the bridge. Oh no! Before that, we catch up with Tandy and those guys who are heading down to the sex den thing. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a conversation here. I can't quite recall, but yeah, nice hump den. I think um, is what uh, Mariner calls it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, technically uh, the Orions call it a moans den. There's a lot of purple velour. Yeah, there's a lot of purple velour. I got the moans. You know, they say at one point, um, and, and oh, she starts asking them about the Orion pheromones. The, the women have the pheromones that uh, make the men crazy, and uh, you know, Tendi rebuffs that, saying, "No, not all Orions. I can't." So, so Tendi doesn't have this ability, but uh, no. most Orion women do. I get. I think all Orion women at least do. Some. Like, no, no. In the evolution of the scene, we discover that she has the ability to block it. Who yes. does? Tendi. But Tendi's a woman. Yes, but she has the ability to block the pheromone. What? Block it. She says that? No. Yes. No, I didn't think so. Yes. No, she says she doesn't have the pheromones or she yeah, doesn't, she just doesn't have them. No, she specifically says she's developed a way to block the pheromones. From who? I don't know. With her with her hypospray. With the hypospray yeah. she hits the men with, but she doesn't need to be bl- like, like You don't she think be- she 
Why would she? Why would she develop a, a pheromone blocker if she's not going to use it on herself to prevent her pheromones from hypnotizing every man around her? Because she's because not it's a man. Helpful on her right. She's not a man. She doesn't, need, she doesn't need to block them. No, like, but she's she, trying to. He do, means block her he own. Needs to block her own pheromones from hypnotizing men around her. That's that's the that's the Federation fear that like Orions have pheromones that that that's why Kirk got all like loopy, you know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm... I think it's more like just samurai and females don't do it. Uh... I fully believe that she has the capability of doing it, but she also has the capability of preventing herself from doing it to prevent people around her because she wants to study science and learn things. Yeah, it's a good plot point. But My, my, my take on it was that Tendi is just one of the few Orion women who don't have this power. So uh, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't all do this. Well, I mean, I went throughout the scene. You know, they they introduce this Ursula character, which you're probably going to get to in like the next couple shots here. But, yeah, she's coming I up. Smell my moans. You know, I want to get me yeah. listen to moans. Doesn't some character even say it's just more impressive? Tendy's even more impressive because she doesn't have the pheromone. Pheromones, right? No, she, she says no. She yes. specifically Somebody says, does say that. specifically says. Tendy's uh, impressive because she doesn't use her pheromones. She doesn't need to. But they just they're stricken around her, just because she's too awesome. So she doesn't really need to use her pheromones around them, right? So she's yeah. been really reserved. Well, about that. I'm not sure about that, but no. um, I'm remembering that wrong. I I'll have to go back and rewatch this and maybe at least one more episode to corroborate what you're saying. But um, there's this other guy who's in the cage dancing in the cage. Who I don't know is he like an old flame of Tendy's? Like who was he? It seems like that. Some old yeah. old love affair. A old love affair. So he's running away from her, and she like pins him down. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't think she's using pheromones on him here or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, then the madam shows up, the Ursula character, as you mentioned, um, and she's controlling things. And you know, this guy scoots away, and then I don't know what was what was her thing with Tendy. She was like. She wa- she doesn't like Tandy, right? She she messes up her little sex dens. Um, <laughs> I think she's from what I can remember. She used to like frequent it or something like that. Like she she's she's the one that basically says like you know Tendy didn't need to use her around. She just men would fall, be stricken to her, and she was a frequent user, and that's like why she blushed or some stuff like that. Basically, it just it just alluded to a, a sordid past that Tendy has with this woman. Yeah. So okay, I guess her Tendy's. Villain pass. Okay, and then we get the next knife in uh, in Mariner's chest right after this. Uh, right in the same spot. Right in the same spot. What are the odds? Yeah, and so, yeah, the Madam sends uh, these, like, three um, Orion muscle guys after them at one point, and then Tendi just sprays them with the hypo spray, which, you know, takes them out of the pheromones, and they're like, oh, my God, another sex den. Jeez. Oh, no, another here. moans den. Oh, God. Another moans, yeah. They're just like, oh, let's leave, you know? <laughs> so, uh, we're, we haven't got to that episode yet in um, in Star Trek Enterprise rewatch, but uh, it's going to be interesting to to, to have that uh, with this, you know, some of the stuff we've seen in Lower Decks here now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the madam then gives up and she's, she calls back this guy, the guy with the man bun. Uh, and then he's, you know, he gives up whatever information he does have here to Tendi, which I guess sends them to the next location, which is the, the junkyard. So on the bridge, we here we see uh, we're back with Boimler and Rutherford. Uh, rather for, or Boimler still wearing his fake mustache, if you will. And, um, uh, you know, so he gets it, but we see the, Dr. The, the Sam Kirk, we call it. 
Yeah. Captain Freeman here is working with uh, or dealing with a Chalna, who the only time we've ever seen this species before was mm. in the Next Generation episode where it was like Picard and that Bolian woman who ended up being uh, not really her and uh yeah. there was the the you know the four people the four prisoners um and and uh you know so we, we get to meet this guy chalda he, they're kind of like nausicans but slightly different um you know they're kind of you know anyway so they don't want to i can't remember this the, the details what captain freeman was trying to get them to do here uh but he's not playing ball he's disagreeing with them and they're they're not getting along and how are we going to come to a resolution on our disagreement um, I think that they wanted to scan a nebula. I think that's what it was, and he didn't want so, to let them. So earlier in the night shift Discord uh, watch party, um, Merrick had pointed out the species, and it was that species from the TNG episode where yeah, we uh, just said that. Detected. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Thanks. What are you doing here, Murphy? <laughs> sorry, I, I he's like, I wasn't paying attention. I'm just going to repeat what you guys just talked about. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to pull what you're saying off of Discord. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so, so they wanted to... Uh, he want They want to scan something. He won't let them. And uh, they're going back and forth. How can we come to a resolution? And uh, Rutherford and Boimler have an idea. Let's head to the holodeck. Uh, that's where we go. And so they're like, well, we're just... You, uh, He's like, cleaning it up. Like Mark Twain. <laughs> no, you're yeah. gonna say it different. He's like, you can't just. You gotta talk. You gotta like say it in the voice, and then you use a southern accent. Oh, I am from the south. This is a southern accent. I am from the south. I'm from the southern part of Chalda. This is a southern accent. They're like, well, no, an Earth accent. <laughs> that was pretty funny line. <laughs> yeah, Captain Freeman's like, this is the worst idea ever. You know, um, <laughs> it's just like but she agreed to it. So, <laughs> but it worked out for us. It kind of it eventually does. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that the, the Chalinan captain is losing his mind over this. He's like, I don't know. He 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 did try to uh, embrace it. He's he's going crazy. He even throws something, and Shax uh, goes like head to head with him. Like he's ready to wrestle with him. <laughs> one point. And then he was uh, just tossed across the room. <laughs> but but somehow but somehow the bonsai tree gets mentioned here at the near the end, and he's like he's what is bonsai? What is a bonsai tree? Yeah. So the Chalna is all interested. Cut away. We head back with um the lower decker, the lady lower deckers on Orion. Um, they're going through the, the junkyard here, attendee mariner to Lynn. Um, and then they, they, you know, they, they say that this is where her and her sister used to come all the time. Uh, I also enjoyed how her sister's name is De Erica. Like, De Erica. yeah, just like, I think it's just like making fun of the fact that often these names are just normal human names that they'll add. Like, like Balana is just Alana with a B added to the front, you know, or, uh, Devana, you know, is just Vana. Right. So it's, um, it's a little bit funny here. Girls trip. Yeah, uh, we see here that, you know, we even see where, like, you know, that um, Tendi was dreaming of being in Starfleet from a young age. And we even see like some like the crayon here that she colored onto the wall of this uh, stolen ship, um, which they will fly out here. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, so they're in there. And, and this is where, you know, Tendi's like, I got to come clean, guys. I'm not just some normal um, Orion girl i actually am like a trained assassin and a prime a prime uh and all this they're like yeah we know like, you know it's like it's you know you don't need and to kick like, put the knife in the air to, to to 
figure that out. <laughs> yeah, you kicked a knife out of the air. Um, but uh, yeah. they're like, you know, it's you know what you're born into. You're born, you're what you choose to be, and you choose to be in uh, like a Starfleet officer and a scientist on the Cerritos, and that's who you are, and that's our friend. And it's a big, nice, heartwarming mm-hmm. moment. But at that, just when that's all wrapping up, De Erica finally appears uh, to reconcile or to. I have a fight here with her sister and tell her off. Um, I th- was it's she voiced- fascinating. Orions solve every conflict with violence. <laughs> yes. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, I was trying to... De- Erica was voiced by Ariel Winter. I know that name. Why do I know that huh? name? I don't know. Ariel Winter. Uh, I do know that name. Modern Family. Family. Modern Family. Isn't she from Northern Modern Family? Mm, yeah yeah she's in modern she's family. what she's she's the, the middle daughter right uh, yeah. i believe so yeah i was like oh because I, I knew the name but I, I couldn't quite place it yeah that's who does the voice here of de erica um yeah, yeah and uh yeah so there then it, it breaks so she throws a knife at mariner i think uh one point is this the third knife uh that is the third knife yes yep <laughs> The third knife in Mariner. And bounced uh, off the wall while she was under a desk. Her sword is so damn cool. Yeah, there was a cool sword here from from uh, De Erica, and uh, she she has like a little blade, you know, as well. So, and then uh, Tendi, or more specifically, Devana Tendi, um, just grabs like a piece, a rusty piece of metal from the ship, and um, Which is uh, badass. Uses, uses that, <laughs> yeah, and so at, that's the they, cool sword. <laughs> and they're gearing up for uh for a fight here um a, you know phone duel because she did she takes exception with the knife in uh mariner's chest here uh not only will like, sword stab my friend. don't you stab my friend you know it's like, <laughs> not only sword cut you it'll give you tetanus yeah exactly yeah it will um uh, so we go back to uh the chalna and, the, and uh, back on um bonsai uh, yeah with the bonsai tree back on the cerritos and uh he, beautiful it's beautiful. It's the best thing I've ever seen. They're like, well, yeah, yeah like it's it's, it's yeah, like her son. and then he just eats it, like he just <laughs> shows it down. I so thirst I for mist. Because in that ep- the only other episode where we had the the Chalna, he we know that that little red Jello thing was poisoned to him, but I guess uh, bonsai trees are not. So uh, you know that's all been established now. So he just eats it, and Rutherford and uh, Boimler are horrified. Um, Kayshawn and Freeman less. Uh, a little bit more indifferent, but he. But this this seems to pacify the child nine. He's like, yeah, yeah, you can scan or whatever you're gonna do. Um, no, no, he goes before that. He's like, I thirst for mist, and then he just chugs their mist bottle. Their mist like, okay, bottle, you can do and they're just oh, left that, with like. That reminds me of one of Erica's best lines too. She's just like, "Why is Starfleet obsessed with scanning so much?" She's just like, "Yeah, to learn things, to learn things." <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're back here with the, let's catch up with devon and De erica as they continue their little sword fight which was fun um you know and their their, their argument is continuing as they're going and at one point like to like should i get involved and mariner stops her which mm, i thought was like no and then Talyn's, nah, they, like, they, they need to work this out you know so they continue the fight um yeah at this point and, you kind of like get the breakdown where like yeah, they, they're like, I, I didn't want to be the mistress column because I did, couldn't be you. And it's like, no, you could be me. And they just had that sort right, of because because uh, Devana was the older sister. She was meant to be the prime in this. Uh, but when she gave up that, you know, joined Starfleet, that fell onto Derica. Uh, and so, you know, and eventually Derica felt comfortable leaving it to Derica because she thought Derica could do the thing right. of being the 
Winster, mistress of the winter colonies. Yeah, we've seen this. We, we've seen this kind of story many times. This is an old story, but you know, this is it was good. Um, and so you know, uh, eventually, you know, through the fight, through the act of fighting, they 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 manage to get out some of their grievances with one another and come to a resolution. But yeah, she does try to like almost stab her in the face, but then misses her head, and then it's there's kind of a reconciliation here between the Tandy sisters. Um, mm-hmm. Very nice. And, and so now what? We have to get to the wedding. We're gonna miss. We're the wedding's in a few minutes what, you know two hours i don't know why did you just ask get, use a transporter like but they, they, they they're not going to do that so Maybe um, they don't have access and they don't have badges so they don't really have access so they're like, they like hot rod hot well i don't know why they don't have badges but they're not wearing them uh shouldn't you bring one with you in case i mean that want... would be the uh, i would agree they should bring one with them but for whatever reason they they did come to a shuttlecraft, which would presumably have a transporter on it. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it would defeat it's the, the, the purpose. Hotwire the ship. Yeah. So they're going to hotwire this ship. So let's talk about that. So Tendi starts hotwiring the ship, uh, and we get we see the, we see the ship start to come to life here. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the captain's yacht that we saw in mm-hmm. Star Trek Insurrection. Davin, would you mm-hmm. agree? Captain's uh, yacht. Yep. It's the captain's yacht that you know kind of is in the the saucer section, comes out of the saucer section of the um, of the sovereign class. So they start flying that away, presumably. Which are bigger right. than you think. The, they're the pretty big. Of, yeah, those captain's yachts are pretty fancy. Oh yeah. So they're going along here. I can't remember what Tendi says or Mariner says to to, to Lynn here, but uh, Talyn's continuing her observations, and she's like, "Do you have to put all that into your report?" Tendi says to her, uh, and she eventually says, "It would be unethical to put to put all these observations into report." So, whoops, I lost it. Well, it's not. No, no, no. It's not like that. She's like, "Oh no, my pad is dysfunctioning," and she flows it at the window, and she's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Because it would be unethical to submit a report when the subject matter does not consent to it," and that was my favorite moment of the episode right there but it's an interesting thing because starfleet does do all kinds of observations including in star trek insurrection they were observing the uh the baku without their consent so it was um and they do it they do it all the time but whatever um anyway so they're they're heading to the wedding uh i think they start they start to like crash here at one point and they think they're going down um i guess they managed to stick the landing if you will because they show up just in time yeah it does look very captain ziotti they show up just in time for the wedding uh the ceremony is about to happen uh you know derek is here the 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 parents oh, uh, tendy parents are very moved girls they're girls i like how the, yeah, the, the groom <laughs> gets gets brought down the aisle by the dad in this culture um because again <laughs> matriarchal so um and uh yeah is 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 isn't the groom just glowing you know (laughs) so that kind of gets all wrapped up we get to see like but an orion wedding and then back on the cerritos to wrap up the episode they're sharing the photos from the wedding with uh rutherford and boimler all the the five lower deckers uh united here uh did the uh you know the the traditional swing the um the groom over the threshold uh as you do you know and there was okay this is this is the spot where they there's actually a fourth stabbing because Mariner's like, and this is where I got a knife in my shoulder at the daddy daughter dagger dance. Okay. I missed that. The daddy 
the daughter daddy dagger dance that's how it goes uh boimler and uh rutherford also talk about what they have been up to and losing their bonsai tree and how they have a new solution for solving all their problems which brings us to they don't just dress up like samuel clevens they also dress up like uh, mozart here they start playing like almost trelane style shall we of. tickle the ivories old boy <laughs> Yeah, that's how Mozart is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, as a German, um, uh, so they they just wrapped all this up, and that's the end of the episode. Um, is they it's go really out. hard to play. So that's that's the episode in terms of the screenshots. Really enjoyed um, what we got here, even though it wasn't maybe necessarily the most like hard hitting or impactful or memorable episode. It was still a very good uh, one for me. It was a whirlwind of an episode. It went by so fast. It did go by fast. Yeah. Like, and, um, and in the two, like jumping between the two plots seemed to work fine. Um, you know, there wasn't any kind of conflict, even though they weren't super in common either, but it was about resolving differences, I guess would be the, the common thread here. I liked how the Brotherford plot was treated like a sprinkling and we got the majority of it was like the Orion stuff. We didn't spend too much time with Boimler and Brotherford fussing about their like bonsai tree, which could have gotten annoying. Like it was just just a sprinkle, just enough to be like, OK, cool. We got a B plot so we can cut between the all the good stuff of the A plot, you know. Now, um, one 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 uh, thing I'm reading here on Memory Alpha says that it, maybe it wasn't the captain's yacht that they flew out. It might have been actually something similar to the um, USS Raven that, if you remember, Seven of Nine's parents were flying uh, at one point. Yeah, well. I mean, it, it does look Raven-ish. I get a Raven here. Somewhere. But th that I'd say that the, the Raven type and the captain's yacht are very similar in sort of their basic profile. Yeah. Um, this is the first appearance of the planet Orion in all of Star Trek, as mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. Mariner, Mariner references Jonathan Archer's encounter with the uh, Harad Sar barge in the episode Bound, which I, as I mentioned, yep. we're not, we haven't quite made it to on our Enterprise rewatch, but that's coming up soon. Um, it's a good one. And I don't know, is there any other trivia about this episode? That's, um, I don't think so. Looks like that might be it, guys. All right, then on that. What's your note, favorite winter constellation? <laughs> uh big dipper vivaldi ursa major is that a thing um i'm not good with constellations uh, <laughs> but I, I am Just good with orion orion i am good with 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 uh ratings uh let's let's rate this episode guys all right oh getting a little tighter here okay something borrowed something green um did I like this? And this was an eight for me. It was good. Right. I had a lot of fun. I'm giving this one like a nine, eight, nine point eight. Not quite a ten, uh, but definitely nine point eight. I, I love Tendy's storyline. She's my favorite character. Um, anything to know about Orion's in such a fun, exciting, interesting way. All about it. Uh, all the so many good one-liners and. A running gag of Mariner getting stabbed in the shoulder had me rolling. So big time. Now, Merrick, oh, cool. if you if you can see here, we have a we have a column for you if you're listening. So, uh, and then yeah, we built a whole column for you, Night Shift. Whole, I added a whole column. I'll go ten on this one. I love this 10. episode. Yeah, I love this episode. I love the Orion stuff. I love Tendy episodes. Um, I gave my lat the last Tendy episode an eleven. Yeah, like I love Mariner and Boimler. But I always love it when 
there's a little bit less of them in an episode because there's so much of them. Like a, a Rutherford episode's fun, attendee episode's fun. Talin, give give us a, some more episodes about the senior crew members. You know, Norman Botchwald saying six point five for him. He wasn't a big fan of the B plot. I yeah, it didn't blow me away. I think that's why I'm more at an eight. I liked it, but I I could have even done without the B plot. It was funny. But yeah, was- I, I I wanted to give this a ten, but the B plot. I'm going to shave 0.2 points off for the B plot. I still enjoyed it, but you know what? Screw it. I'm giving it a 10. That's a right. 10. It was, it was, it wasn't too much of the B plot for me. It's a 10. No, you're going back to 10. Wow. Perfect episode 10. guys. Um, Norman uh, also had well, pointed out earlier that don't forget about Badgie. He might be also tied in with the class, the Texas class ships and he could be a leftover. He, he maybe he might be destroying those other ships. Uh, that, now that would be, no, that would be what you're talking about, Murphy, but worse. That would be taking the exact same episode that ended last season and doing it again. That The season yeah, didn't end on bad, on Agamus and, uh, peanut hamper the season ended on the buen amigo texas class big fight right so it's like that would literally be doing the same villain again sure. the texas class yeah that's why i'm hoping it's neither of those things and it's something entirely fresh and new <laughs> it's what i really would like uh this has a 7.7 on imdb oh we're averaging a 9.3 tonight because i was at an 8 and you guys are at 10 so uh um, you mean lots of Tallinn, man. If there's at least six Tallinn lines, it's probably a 10 for me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Like, Tallinn um, is like they, like a good use of Vulcans in comedy. Like, you know, it works, you know, you know, she's basically just playing the straight person, right? So it's just, you know, against mm. like the more wacky characters. So I'm glad that they've added her in here. Um, do we have the title for next week's episode, Murphy? I, I was having a little... Uh, give me a moment and I'll let you know. I can't seem to find the title of it yet, but um, other than episode 4.5. Yeah. And as we mentioned, Ariel Winter was on this one too. Hopefully it's called The Death of Badgie. The Death the of, death I, of Like, yeah, like Badgie is not my favorite character on Lower Decks. Uh, I, I've made no um, uh, secret of that. I, I don't mind Peanut Hamper. Peanut Hamper is kind of, seems to be a polarizing character among Trek I love fans. Uh, but uh, it seems like nobody likes Badgie. I don't think anybody likes Badgie. So I haven't met anybody who likes Badgie yet. And Agamus is fun because it's, it's Jeffrey Combs, of course. You know. Yeah. So. The uh, next episode is called Empathological Fallacies. Oh, Empath- we're getting some uh, Beta Z stuff. Or maybe Vulcan? Or both? Empathic Beta Z. So, but illogical. It, maybe even a Marina Sirtis cameo. Who knows? She's been on the show before. Or, well, no, I was going to say Orla Waxana, but she's no longer with us. Talyn does work really well. Yeah, no, I like her. I like her in this group. Um, I, I wonder if that Klingon, what was his name, Mar or something like that, back in um, uh, the original episode where she was introduced, where Talyn was introduced. There was Wedge Douche. Yeah, there was the Klingon lower decker who was kind of the counterpart in that episode. He and, died in the first episode of the season. No, no, that was a different guy. Wasn't it? Nope. That's that's the same Klingon ship. They got demolished in the first episode of the season. I knew it was the same captain, but I don't know if that was the same guy who um... the same Klingon from Lower Decks that took over the captain ship in the, that one episode last season. Correct. Yeah. I'm looking this up, Murphy. I don't know if you're right about this. Yeah, no, um... the Wes Du ship from that one episode got mixed in the first episode of this season. There was the whole like pig dog and all that stuff. He was at the captain's chair. 
It says deceased. Yeah, Memory Alpha says he's dead, so it was him. Murder morsel with Murphy. Uh, there you go. On the IKS Chata. Chata. So so I guess they're not... We won't see him again, because we did. And I didn't realize it was him. I had a warrior's uh, death. So he did? He did die a warrior's death, I guess. You know. We shall uh, see him one day in Stovo Core. Him and his Targ. So... Ah! Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm kind of, you know, like I'm, I'm liking the season a lot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always excited when it's lower decks day and I always like talking about it with you guys. So, um, you know, uh, looking forward to the next one. Um, and yeah, our emotional season... connection is disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> this season, th- this season is on pace to maybe be the best season ever, like by the, with the ratings we're, 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 we're tossing out. So, uh, let's, They're uh, coming let's... out hard, nice and early. Like the, they've got, you know, six episodes. Left, in. Like, it's the addition of Tulin. Like that. Yeah. She's a nice she's a nice spice. I am gonna agree. She's a nice spice to this this gumbo. Yeah, I, I kind of what they needed, right? Like in this in this group, you know, to sort of they're all so crazy. They're also oh. yeah, like out there and sort of manic and like, like how often do you get a group of four characters who are like the main characters and none of them's the straight person for like two seasons? Like, yeah. <laughs> Boiler, <laughs> I guess, sort of, but he's wacky as hell. He's wacky too. And team. even Mariner is, you know, and so yeah. I kind of always felt like it was Captain Freeman was the straight character. Uh, well, yeah, but she's just a side character. She's insane too. Like, let's face it. Like, <laughs> she's, she's not very good all, at her job. They're all they're all nuts. This entire ship is made up with like you know oh, whether it be Jackson, Jacks, Ransom, Ransom, fairly competent. He might be the most competent. Yeah, but he's a he's a he's he yeah he's a he's a very capable, competent officer. But he's also yeah. like you know an egomaniac and uh, yeah. some other things. Um, but yeah, they're all fun. Check um, the war core. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chat, check the warp core. Yes. Captain, I think we should have dropped the warp core. <laughs> it's such a like a, a wharf joke. Yeah. Make it better wharf. Well, yeah. Sure. Oh, it, no, yeah. Mr. Wharf. I, I think we should uh, self-destruct the ship. You always think we should do that, Shax. Oh, I yeah. just want to blow us up. Okay. Well, guys, um on that note, uh, we'll go out here on the uh, Tendi Mariner and Talin clip. But first, um, let's uh, let's just plug all the the shows and uh, pay some bills, guys. If you didn't know, live long and podcast. We talk about more than Star Trek Lower Decks. We talk about different shows, uh, right? As we mentioned a few times tonight, Star Trek Enterprise has been an ongoing rewatch series. We're we're wrapping up season four, and soon we'll be done. And then returning to our Star Trek: D Space Nine rewatch series. Uh, we have one season left in that uh, anthology. Uh, you can also check out all the different uh, other shows we've covered, like Strange New Worlds, Picard, um, even uh, Prodigy, and, uh, and and many others. So uh, we hope you and Davin runs the science division here on Live Long and Podcast, where they we do the debate mm-hmm. nines, we do the trivia's, we do the class L probes, and different Might podcasts. Might be a probe this weekend. Might be a probe yeah. this weekend. Look as well as Sunday. the the locutors of trek which is our uh, long-form audio podcast with davin and dave mm-hmm. pugsley mm-hmm. uh the, the plain simple tailors uh, and conventions on occasion. and conventions and soon we'll be talking about star trek starships different classes and, ranking the different and, classes and first contact interviews like our interview with Derek tyler adigo and other exciting interviews for the future 
Absolutely. Uh, and soon we'll be returning with Star Trek Radio Theater. I do intend to get to it back to it this year. Um, yeah. So watch out for that at this fall. And uh, and that's that. And then we're part of a federation oh. of podcasts. Speaking of Derek Tyler Attico, the book got bumped back to December. Uh, the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko, but has now been bumped back up to November release. So Ooh. you've got your pre-orders in. It'll be arriving a month earlier. I already have my pre-order, so when it shows up, it will show up, I guess. Um, so, November. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, the United Federation of Podcasts is a network of podcasts, which includes Live Long and Podcasts, as well as several other shows and channels. Uh, one of which is Super Mater Brothers podcast. Uh, that's when I do with Jeff and Jamil and other people like Foster, where we talk mostly about reality TV shows like Big Brother Survivor. Tonight, we're talking about the uh, the double eviction uh, on week seven of Big Brother 25 for theater. Do those old scientists. Maybe I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Uh, we are brothers. A, a lower deck one. Yeah, the, our, we are brothers. Uh, also, starting next Wednesday, Survivor season... 45 uh watch out i got bruce and i got uh the other guy um so we'll be probably doing a cast preview as well uh what else is have hold up which is a movie podcast that chris and uh davin do um i'm gonna be on there in two weeks i think talking space movies with you guys uh kicking off season two out season two of, of hold up outland and um, apollo 13 and ad astra yep uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Space. I've never seen Ast- at Astra. Uh, well, space, space. I've never seen Outland either. So so this will be new. Uh, and it's been a while since I've watched Apollo thirteen. So uh, that will be good to come back to. Um, Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. Gary Sinise and Tom Hanks right off the the back of Forrest Gump. Uh, so get ready for that. And then X Rated uh, X Men the animated series review show with Davin and Andre usually on Tuesdays. They're nearly wrapped up the uh, the the proper the original yeah. cartoon rewatch. Three. Three and I think you're going to watch some X Men movies. Yeah. Well. Yep. 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 We're going to do some movies after that. Maybe play some games. Do some things. We'll kill time. There's plenty the, of yeah, the new series. I think you guys out. should track down the uh, the old '90s live action show X Force and watch that. You mean Generation X? Was that it? Yeah, and yeah. starring Matt Frewer. That is how we're kicking it off. After we're done season five, we're kicking it off with Generation X. Oh my god, Matt Frewer, really? Yeah, Matt, you remember that? Yeah, it was like a it was a TV pilot. It was on NBC or something. I never think it was a Fox it. show, wasn't it? What year was that? Oh jeez! Like late nineties, early two thousand. So before the before the X Men movie, yeah, before oh, way before, like nineteen ninety four or something. Matt Frewer from from uh, Honey I Shrunk the yeah. Kids, yeah, yeah, and Dawn of the Dead. Okay, um, all right, and, and Star Trek for that matter. Okay, and the, yeah, he's he's Rasmussen. He's Rasmussen. Yeah, I played him uh, in a radio theater once. Okay, That's and then uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, and then Eamon, uh, I heard you're going on there soon. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, the three. If you like bass, tune in Damon on track whenever that is going to be. I think it's be this weekend. <laughs> he told me, but I, oh. why don't you schedule it with Davin and actually put it on the schedule? Yes, anyway, he should it's... tell me. Yeah, yeah, he's not great with that part. Um, and then the Graphic Histories podcast with Andre Mayette. Um, I'm going to be on there. I'm going to be uh, interviewed by him next Wednesday. So I don't know. Ooh, but we're going to be doing that for our Survivor podcast. And uh, Trivial Debates coming up this Saturday. We got Jody Simpson hosting um, yep. with, with uh, three contestants talking Transformers. I guess we got Robert Jones, Daryl Wall, and Ivor Publicover. 
Check that out. This Saturday, September 23rd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and lastly, the Hellbound podcast, Michael Chan, Alex Blackburn, Talking Horror, comes out Wednesdays, audio only. Check them out. All right. And, I, well, I guess our newest member, the Night Shift podcast, right? Like, so I, I don't have a graphic, but um, there are new friends we've made in uh, into the Federation here. So check all those things out. Yes, and uh, I'll definitely be rewatching Star Trek Enterprise. Well, you're always welcome to join us. We only got six podcasts left there, Merrick. All right. You'll be strengthened by the watching. You'll be strengthened you by the sharing. Faith of the heart. Faith of the heart. And on that note, we will say goodnight and come clean. See you guys next time. Guys, great, great, I have great. to come clean about something. I was trained to be a syndicate assassin. Andy, yeah, we know, girl. You can't just say you're joking around when you kick flip a knife out of the air. Your upbringing was quite obvious. I just hate that you guys had to see the real me. Tens. The real you is the one who geeks out about science on the Cerritos. But I'm a prime, you know, a, a trained assassin. is the most piratey someone can be. Incorrect. You are who you choose to be, a Starfleet lieutenant and a loyal friend. Don't worry. We know you're a big nerd and not some hot assassin. <sighs> that is the nicest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said to me. <sighs> See you next time, everyone.